0: In this episode, recorded at Liferay's DEF 2015 in Darmstadt, Germany, I'm talking to Scott Niklaus and Neil Griffin. Scott is the specification lead for JSR 362, otherwise known as the portlet specification 3.0, and Neil serves as Liferay's representative on the expert group. I haven't followed the new spec closely, so I very much enjoy this first hand information on the direction that the new specification goes. I hope that all you other listeners will learn a lot about the upcoming changes as well. We're talking about all kinds of different things around the new specification. One topic that I'd like to mention up front is the call for help. The new portlet spec needs feedback, and the earlier this feedback comes in, the better the reaction to this feedback will be. Also, help is required in implementing or testing the reference implementation as well as the TCK, the Technology Compatibility Kit, or Test Suite. Scott works for IBM and as the specification lead is one of the driving forces behind the new portlet specification. Neil is well known to long-time listeners of Radio Liferay. He's one of Liferay's resident experts for JSF and serves on the JSR 362 expert group as well as being the specification lead on JSR 378, the portlet 3.0 bridge for JSF 2.2 specification. Without much further ado, let's go into the conversation that we had in October 2015 in Darmstadt. And welcome back to another episode for Radio Life Ray, recorded live at DEF CON in Darmstadt, Germany, October 2015. With me are two people, um, that is Scott Niklaus and uh, Neil Griffin. And one of the names you know from a previous episode on Radio Life Ray, the other one you don't know from this program, but you might know him if you are following the Portlet 3 specification, that is JSR 362. Um, so, welcome, Scott and Neil.
1: Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Olaf.
0: We have agreed to talk uh, about the Portlet specification and its content and what this new specification is about. You guys are the experts. Um, you're the leader of the expert group. I'm um, Scott.
1: Yes, I am. I'm. I'm uh, the leader of the expert group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we called the expert group into existence uh, in 2013, mm-hmm. and we've been working on the new specification ever since.
0: Let's go for the problems to solve because third part let's back uh the, the second was an improvement on the first. Will the third one be an improvement on the second, or will that be a totally different? thing. So how much difference will there be?
1: Um, It will actually be an improvement on uh, the version 2 of the specification. Mm -hmm. Uh, The version 2 portlets will run unchanged on a version 3 container. So we have uh, absolute compatibility and we will also have uh, compile compatibility. Uh, So not only binary compatibility, but also uh, compile time uh, compatibility. Mm Uh, but we add a, a bunch of new features uh, that I believe will really help uh, users of, of portlets, portlet developers, to make more modern, more modern portlets.
0: Sounds a lot like the, uh, the history of Portlet Spec 1 and 2. Uh, so in Portlet Spec 1 times, every vendor had their own extensions, and uh, some of them were standardized in Portlet Spec 2. And now still every vendor has a lot of extensions. Uh, and I'd be curious to know which ones of those um, go into Portlet Spec 3.
2: Well, I, actually, in, in this release, I'm not aware that we had, uh, you know, vendor-specific features that we wanted to standardize as much as that. I think that was more the case in Portlet 2. Okay. In, um, in Portlet 3, it's really been a, a bunch of new ideas and some requirements that we knew that, that our developers needed to have fulfilled. And would you agree, Scott? Or? Uh,
1: yes, uh, yes, I would. And I, uh, I think we need to view it in perspective of the Java programming platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Portlet Specification 2.0 came out in 2008, and there's been quite a number of years of changes, uh, additions to the Java platform. Um, changes to the style in which uh, programmers like to write their portlets and and like to develop web applications in general. And uh, so there was a need for a new specification to uh, address these new requirements uh, to to bring the portlet specification up to date Mm -hmm. uh, so that portlet developers have a platform that they can use to uh,
0: express their needs. Yeah, right before you, I've been talking to uh, Neil Griffin, uh, no, no, you're Neil Griffin, to Nate Kavanaugh, um, about user interface-specific uh, stuff. And in there, we've mentioned my favorite cartoon, which basically is a developer coming back after a two-week vacation and asking if he still can use AngularJS without looking uh, like <laughs> the guy from last week. Um, and uh, with Portlet Spec Two being from 2008, uh, this is like from the last decade. How does Portlet Spec Three cover all of the uh, like ever-changing, uh, weekly-changing uh, user interface world? Is there something that you have there?
1: Well, you know, it's it's that's a really interesting question uh, because. It's difficult to formulate a specification in a manner that's so general that it allows changes and allows evolution, yeah. uh, without restricting people to a particular model, which be- which can become old. And uh, for example, uh, especially regarding user interface design and um, the use of JavaScript in portlets to allow uh, AJAX-style web pages. Um, you know that 's one of the things that is um, very evolving very quickly, I would say I mean we have libraries like jQuery, like Angular, uh, etc that people like to use, uh, but these tend to go out of favor and come into favor you know so yep. we uh, made a great effort when designing the the uh, client side API for the portless specification uh, to be strictly ECMA script. Uh, compatible mm-hmm. without requiring the use of any special library. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they, so, for example, you can obtain a resource URL from the client-side API and you can use this resource URL with any uh, any JavaScript library of your choice. You can use it with Angular, you can use it with uh, jQuery, or whatever. And, and that was one very concrete example uh, for, for how we uh, try to try to remain general while still addressing uh, modern requirements.
2: And I think there's two aspects to this. One is you have the portal vendor, uh, like or like, like IBM, that needs to implement the client-side API, and, and that's a, a new feature we have in Portlet 3. So let's just call it portlet.js, moving forward. Portlet.js, uh, the spec is simply defining an API that the portal vendor has to implement. Mm-hmm. But the spec language is actually is quite nice. It leaves the, the implementation of portlet.js entirely up to the portal vendor. Mm-hmm. So in the case of Liferay, we could implement portlet.js with Metal.js and with JS and so on, and, and IBM would do it um, however way they, they chose to do it. Uh, it could be done differently in Pluto. So that's the portal vendor perspective. But you also have the Portlet developer perspective, which is, I think, uh, where Scott was more focusing on, where you have a Portlet developer, and he just wants to use the API of portlet.js, and he wants to use his favorite JavaScript library to, to help uh, build his UI or perform DOM updates or, or
0: what have mm-hmm. you. Sounds like a good answer to my naive question, uh, because, well, Portlet Spec 2 was kind of independent of the actual front-end uh, development method and it seems that portlet spec 3 uh, does so um, as well so you're free to use whatever front-end library you want uh, and actually uh, go for the the fashion du jour uh, and use that to implement your application mm-hmm. and with Neil I'm standing in front of a JSF guy anyways <laughs> so he's uh, testimony to um, to various libraries being usable on top of the portlet spec Mm -hmm. So I guess no change there other than uh, a new platform, a new new ground uh, to build on, which will be uh, well prepared. There's one question that I like to tease everybody in Liferay with, uh, especially when it comes to the next version that is coming out uh, of Liferay, Liferay 7, when will it be out? Um, and uh, I can actually do the same thing with you. Unprepared question, but you're smiling, so nobody's mad at me. Uh, when will it be done and ready?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, naturally, uh, that's naturally the big question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can't, I can't really promise a, a concrete date. Uh, I, I actually, to be honest with you, don't know that. Mm-hmm. I would anticipate that we we're finished sometime next year. Um, one thing that I would say... Is that uh, also currently we have uh, a early draft review specification available? Um, this is this is not a final final draft. Naturally, it'll it'll still be evolving over time, but I would say it probably has like 80 to 90 percent of the final content. Um, but that 's only part of the of the entire effort. Uh, there are two other components, uh, the first of which is the reference implementation, which proves that the spec can be implemented, mm-hmm. and then also The Technology Compliance Kit, which is a set of tests uh, that proves that a vendor implementation really works according to the specification. Mm -hmm. Uh, These two components are being developed uh, through use of open source uh, under the Apache Pluto project. Mm -hmm. And um, I would just ask for volunteers, if people... Are uh, if listen- listeners might uh, wish to uh, help us move more quickly in this area, uh, then there would certainly be opportunity to do so uh, by volunteering to help the RI and TCK
0: development efforts. Mm-hmm. And knowing the Portlet Two specification, I can at least speak about the uh, the uh, JSR Two Eighty Six. That that's a good to read specification. Um, I. Can't say so about the third one because I haven't read it yet. But I'm well, I, actually, to I'd it.
2: like to comment on that. W- oh, yeah. One of the things that impressed me about uh, Scott's writing style. So Scott has basically rewritten the spec document. So uh, uh, as he was saying that when you do a standard, you have uh, a spec, which is a document and uh, a reference implementation. As mm-hmm. he said, Pluto, and then a TCK. Uh, the spec. Uh, even though, as Scott said, it's, it's early draft review one, it is really quite mature because mm-hmm. we, we are in year three of this. And uh, as I read the document, it's eminently readable. Even though it's a technical uh, document, it is really, especially if you're familiar with Portlet 2, or at least even the Portlet 2 API, mm-hmm. this is a document that you can read. And the general thrust of, of the feature set uh, would be quite clear. And uh, and it's it's a readable document. That's good to hear,
0: because I really like to refer to or refer people to the portlet spec two because that's an easy read. How much of the content uh, did you add or remove? Like, how many pages are we currently speaking about? Uh, order of magnitude. Probably you don't know the number, but well, uh, compare it to portlet.
2: Well, too. we just printed it out, right?
0: So, yeah, we we actually have the document printed out and. Uh,
1: It turns out that the current draft is somewhere like around 240 pages. Uh Um, the original Portlet Spec 2.0 uh, specification was somewhere like uh, 270 or 280 pages, mm-hmm. but it's it's a little bit unfair to compare like that because uh, the, the documents are actually formatted differently. So there's a different amount of material on each page, and there's there are different uh, figures and uh, diagrams, etc. So it's a little bit unfair to really compare on a on a page number of page basis. Um, I would just like to say that we have um, included many new features. Uh, for example, uh, sort of a bean portlet approach that allows you to specify portlet methods through use of annotations in any managed bean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe that, I hope that that will be uh, very useful to portlet developers. Uh, configuration completely through use of annotations. If you choose to do so, then uh, you will no longer require a portlet XML file. Um, That, I believe, is a major piece. Yes. Um, Another point would be the JavaScript API that we mentioned previously. Um, uh, Naturally, JSR is, is traditionally... Java only, uh, but in this case, we're very user interface oriented, and we recognize the fact that developers like to use JavaScript. It makes for a nice, responsive web design. Uh, so we are including a JavaScript
0: API description. Mm-hmm. That leaves one question for me because, uh, well, literally this is a new territory for me. I'm flying blind. I'm asking about a specification that I haven't read, which is a good way to get more information uh, from people. Uh, Is there anything that I have not asked you that I should have?
2: Uh, One would be is how is Portlet 3 going to uh, be built upon Java EE? Or what is its dependency on on Java EE? That's a good idea. So what's its dependency on Java EE? Well, uh, the minimal version of Java EE that Portlet 3 would require would be Java EE 7. And so this would include technologies like uh, Servlet 3.1, which you'd find in Tomcat 8, and, and so on. Now... The portlet spec, uh, we just did a talk about this, and, and I mentioned that the, the portlet spec, even though it is a Java standard, it, is not, it does not fall under the Java EE umbrella, mm-hmm. but it does have a, a runtime dependency on certain Java EE technologies like the Servlet API. So it does, impl- it does require that you have a Servlet container there under the hood in, in order to implement the portlet container and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other parts of Java EE, uh, like CDI... Uh, which we are introducing features that are fulfilled by CDI. Okay, So, for example, uh, Scott mentioned before that you could have a simple uh, bean, just a a plain old Java object, and have a method annotated with, for example, at render method, and that would be a way of doing something like... It would be like extending generic portlet and overriding do view, Mm -hmm. except you're not extending generic portlet anymore. And so you're letting... Um, a technology like CDI actually take care of uh, identifying that bean, registering it as a portlet, and and so on. So um, there are technologies like CDI which sometimes are present and sometimes are not. right? So in plain Tomcat, for example, which is the most popular uh, LifeRay uh, bundle, uh, CDI is not present out of the box. And so what we need to do is we need to implement as much of these features as we can uh, where CDI is not present. But where CDI is present, then you'll also be able to take, take advantage of CDI features like the interceptors and the events and, and so on.
1: Well, and then I would also add um, these, the custom scopes that we're creating for, for CDI. Uh, because the new specification, uh, first of all, it requires that uh, portlet classes are implemented through the CDI container when the CDI container is present. And then it, they also provide uh, a portlet session scope class and a portlet state, state scope, custom scope, um, that, that, uh, that allows a, a better integration with CDI. But naturally, it has to be present in order to be used.
2: Yeah. So that's the one thing with, you know, how to, what is the dependency on, on Java EE? So um, another thing is uh, we, we've introduced a new... Uh, JSR. We filed for a new JSR, which is JSR 378, and that is a spec that would define how you develop a Portlet 3.0 bridge for JSF, uh, specifically for JSF 2.2. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have the opportunity to be the spec lead for for that JSR. And we're right now we're in, in the expert group formation phase. But um, the, so that's two problems that need to be solved. Is how do you make a JSF Portlet work with Portlet 3? And uh, how do you make a JSF, specifically a JSF 2.2 portlet work in a portlet environment? And um, the, the latter half of that, of how do you make JSF 2.2 work, has largely been solved already in open source. Mm-hmm. Um, but adding the portlet 3 uh, dimension to it is all brand new territory. Yeah. So that's what this new JSR will be trying to tackle. And as that builds on
0: Portlet Spec 3, uh, and you say the expert group has just formed, uh, that's so that's in its beginning stages, That's right, and, and you're targeting a moving target?
2: Yes, and we have three other uh, members of the LifeRay Faces team uh-huh. who have been appointed by LifeRay to be on the expert group. And so these gentlemen, um, so we have Vernon Singleton, and we have uh, Juan Gonzalez, and also, Kyle Steeman, and these are very, very talented developers who really understand the problem that needs to be solved, and um, are currently working full time on the Life Rate Faces project, and will be contributing to the reference implementation and also to the expert group threads. And, and uh. so, what's interesting is we have these two JSRs that are actually being done in parallel, but the Portlet 3 JSR is so very far along. Uh, we we really do have a good idea of the problem that the problems that we need to be solving and the features that we need to be providing to JSF developers,
0: which means that you also can feed back quite a bit of information on where it's hard to implement bridge, is still into the ongoing Portlet Three spec and basically improve it so that it's actually well usable and doesn't need any workarounds that nobody has thought of because you are already building a quite complex. Uh, environment on it i guess
2: yes and it's going to uh, provide us with the opportunity since portlet 3 is not finished yet uh, this this new jsr is going to provide us with the opportunity to try and uh, implement these uh, or bring these portlet 3 features to the jsf developer before portlet 3 is done mm-hmm. so if there's something that we missed you know hopefully we'll have time uh, to introduce ideas into portlet 3 if scott thinks they're appropriate
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So, repeating my last question, is there anything else that we (laughs) should have talked about? Well, you
1: know, I would just mention a couple of things. Um, And I I have to put a caveat here because uh, these are items that are not completely fixed, uh, but they're ideas that we have, and they may go into this version of the specification or they may come a little bit later. Mm -hmm. We'll have to see. Uh, But that would be things like multi-platform support, Uh, WebSocket support, Mm -hmm. async support for resource requests, and then uh, possibly a new feature that would allow you to annotate render methods with device information, for example, uh, that would allow you to to have a special render method for tablets and a separate render method for phones uh, if you desired to do so. Uh, so that that would be a couple of items that we uh, are sort of still have on the plate and are are working on integrating into into the spec.
2: Mm-hmm. Also, there there have been other companies that have been participating on the expert group. Uh, I can think of um, Vod and, and Oracle who have been uh, uh, providing, and, and then are, there are also individuals that that have, are members of the expert group that have been pr- providing very very valuable contributions and. Uh, contributions not only in ideas and validating ideas and reviewing the specification, but also um, helping to add tests to the TCK and, and, and so on. So uh, these other companies have been very valuable in the process. And I really enjoy working on these JSRs because it is truly a collaborative effort and it's open. Uh, these, are, these are standards that you know, many of the implementations are done in open source. Uh, all the expert group, expert group communication is done over email and it's, and it's uh, saved in email archives. And it really is an opportunity for people to get involved uh, before specifications are complete to make sure that their concerns are addressed.
0: Yeah, yeah I can attest on uh, at least that part uh, because I have seen a few threats uh, passing by or flying by Uh, where you, Neil, specifically has asked uh, or have asked for input from our internal teams on, uh, hey, we're currently working on this and that uh, topic. Can somebody evaluate and uh, basically point out specific... Uh, questions to non-expert group members, uh, which actually helps. So if you have somebody from the field, they don't need to be in the expert group, but they can still get their voice heard.
2: That's exactly right. And um, going back to the, the life ray part that you were discussing, uh, I just represent the company. And so I, I, when I can't make a decision uh, on behalf of the company because I'm just not sure uh, the best decision to make, Uh, There are many, many developers where I can go. Uh, You know, there's uh, internal forums that we have and so on where I'm able to ask these questions. There are experts like uh, Eduardo Lundgren and Nate Cavanaugh on the client side. Uh, There's experts like Ray Auger and and Shu Yongzu who are on the server side. And I can go to these guys and say, uh, what do you think of this? Is, is this uh, the best path that we should be taking for standardization? What are the benefits? What are the drawbacks? Uh, how would we implement this? And, and it's been quite valuable. So it's not just me. There's, there are other people at Liferay who have been uh, informing me on, on what the right um, decisions are uh, as uh, to represent the company. So... And uh, I'm sure that's true of other companies as well in the expert group. So it is a a very good collaborative process. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, as you saw, I'm running out of questions. So I don't want to keep you any longer as well. I think we have um, covered quite a bit. I have learned quite a bit as well. So I very much enjoy being able to personally pick the brains of people who know more than I. And uh, if we have forgotten something very important, that is always an excuse for having another episode <laughs> on one of the next events or through Skype mm-hmm. or somewhere online. So thank you very much for being available on short notice and here at the event. Uh, enjoy the rest of, the, uh, of DEF CON. And, uh, well, then have a safe trip home. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you a lot.